morning. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. Good morning. Listen, the Bible says that this is the day that the Lord has made. Now, here's the thing about what God does. Everything that God makes is good. It's a good day, ladies and gentlemen. There's good things in store for you. Amen? I pray that you're ready. You guys ready for the word? All right, so say this with me. I have ears to hear. I have eyes that perceive. And I have a heart to receive and understand the living word of God. Now, come on, now, give it up one more time. We are so excited that you are here. Hey, today, you are in for a treat. You're in for a treat. You guys are going, okay, what are we getting? Well, you know, every week we prepare, I take uh, time to really dig in, and I want you to know that we're not here just drumming up just ideas. You know, we're really intentional about seeking the face of God and looking to his word, we're not rash when it comes to, you know, preparing the word. And because at the end of the day, the scripture says that he who speaks the word should speak it as if he's speaking the word of God. And so I don't want to give you my ideas. I don't want to give you my own thoughts. I don't want to lean to my own understanding. But I believe that every Sunday and this Sunday that God has something specific to say to you. And I want to challenge you, listen, wherever you are in your walk with God, whether you're thriving and you're pursuing God actively or you're struggling or you're not even interested, whether you're here or you're online, I'm just glad you're here, you're tuning in, but I pray that you would listen because I believe that God wants to say something to you. So you guys ready, right? Yeah. So today we are beginning a new series that we're calling Hindsight 2020. Hindsight 2020. And in this series, we're going to be taking a look at the year behind us and exploring what we can learn about it from God and his word as a means of preparation for the year that's ahead of us. Now, I heard what somebody just thought. 2020 is not done. And to you, I want to implore you to consider this, that you can be done with 2020 or you could keep living in the challenges you've experienced. Now, I want you to really weigh the weight of those words, and I want you to hear the word of God today. I believe that there is much that God wants to say to us about this past year, but I want to give you some context for this series so that you can truly, so that we can truly press in and glean something from the word of God that will propel us into this coming year. So let me give you an example of what I mean. When I was learning to drive, we were taught to check the rear view mirrors and our side mirrors every 15 to 20 seconds. That's literally what they told you in the five hour class. I don't know what they do today, but they told us every 15 to 20 seconds, you're supposed to be looking at your rear view. There's a system, I forget how it was. You'd go from left to right, you look, 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 focus, look, 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 focus. And so, you know, what you might not know about me is I started driving at the age of 12 Hence, I didn't have a license, and I made a lot of mistakes with cars, right? Um, and I'm not encouraging anyone to do that. And for you young people listening, yeah, don't think that's cool. It, trust me, I could have gotten in a lot of trouble. But I remember that I got caught up with this whole process, you know, because I, I was so excited about the, the prospect of getting a license. And so as I started to drive initially, legally, I kept looking in the rearview mirror over and over again. 
And I got to tell you, soon enough, I learned that it, that was dangerous. I almost had a wreck. I almost had a serious accident. And I had to literally tell myself, stop looking at all the cars behind you and focus on the road ahead of you. So note to self, that was good advice. And I soon realized that rear view mirrors are good at a glance not at a gaze. And so most of the time, if we're honest with ourselves, it's best to look ahead. So as we get into the meat of this series, I'd like to encourage you that as 2020 comes to an end, that no matter the challenges and the ups and the downs that came with it, you and I must continue to look and to live forward. Forward. Think about this. You know, God is wise in, in everything he's done in creation. The scripture says that he looked at everything he created and he said it's very good. And have you ever thought about the fact that God did not place your head facing backwards, but he placed it facing forwards? There's a reason for that, right? And so you can stay here, meaning 2020. And look, I get it. It was challenging. I know that there was real loss for quite a few people. I understand that there may be some residual effects that we're still undergoing, but you have to look and press forward because your windshield provides you a greater vantage point than your rear view mirror. I pray you're listening to what I'm saying here. So today I'd like to talk to you on the topic as we get started here, the upside of downtimes, the upside of downtimes. There's no denying that this past year has proven to be remarkably more difficult than any other year that we've experienced for obvious reasons. I mean, the elephant in the room that everybody wants to talk about and everybody keeps pointing to is COVID. I get it. There's the uncertainty of the times. There's fears that remain prevalent in society today at a greater level than ever before. People are genuinely living with fear. Fear in many different regards. Look, there's governmental overreach that has taken place. There's businesses struggling. There's the normalization of distance. It's become normal and accepted. There's the changes to the way people relate. There's the racial tensions that have been heightened. There's the divisions that men continue to propagate that are tearing up our nation. And then there's how some of us has, have adapted to these challenges and the negative impacts that it has upon our mindsets, our faith, and our willingness to do what God calls us to. And so the truth be told, for some people, 2020 is not behind them at all. Instead, it's in full view ahead of you, and soon enough, if we continue to live in 2020 and continue to look backward and continue to hold on to our laments, and the challenges, and, and what we've come to believe as a result of circumstances that are past us. If we just hold on to that and we continue to look to that, the truth is that there are drastic results coming ahead of us. And so you have a choice on how you come out of this year, how you come out of this trying year and you begin the next. You can choose to look back on 2020 as a down year, and reel from it with disappointment and pain. But let me implore you. Look, I'm begging you. 
to consider that if that is your choice, you're not taking a glance back. You're gazing backwards. And you're making no progress. Does that make sense? And so the other option that we have is that we can choose to take a glance back at 2020 and see it as an up year because in the midst of all the challenges, you see the upside of how God has brought you through. You've grown. And can I give you some good news? You're still here. You're still standing. Now, I don't know about you, but that in and of itself is cause for praise and celebration. Come on now, you are not done, you are not out. Now, I don't want you to take my word for this. I want you to consider the scripture. Because in the midst of downtimes, which are real, there is always an upside. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4 says this, My brethren, I pray that you are pointing at yourself right now and realizing God is speaking to you. He says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, hear the word of God. Listen to what God is saying. From these verses, here's what we see. That there is an upside to downtimes at all times. I'm going to say that again. There is an upside to downtimes at all times. Yes, it's been a challenging year, but you're still standing. Yes, there have been some losses in this year, but there's still much that we've gained and there's still much to gain. Yes, you've gone through some difficulties, but God is still faithful and good. Yes, there are some challenges ahead of us, but guess what? Jesus says, rejoice, I have overcome. We need to begin to look forward instead of looking backwards. You know why there's always an upside to downtimes at all times? Because God is too good. He's always good, and he has not left you. Amen. Listen, whether you believe in Jesus or not, I want you to know this. God believes in his word, and he has purposes and plans for you. He believes in what he created you for, and he loves you. You have the ability to overcome. So, I want to give you this statement as we begin to kind of prime the pump here. That the downtimes are not the result of life's trials. Downtimes are not the results, are not the result of life's trials. They are the result of missed opportunities. I'm going to say that again. Downtimes are not the result of life's trials. They are the result of missed opportunities. What are you talking about? Let me take you back to James chapter 1. Notice that he says, Brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. That word joy there means celebrate. It literally means a party. Don't take my word for it. Study. So what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to go, oh man, praise God, all hell is breaking loose. That's not what it's saying. That's not what it's saying at all. Listen to why we're supposed to celebrate. 
knowing that the testing of your face of your faith produces patience. Now that does not mean that God brought COVID upon this world. We know that that is not God's will. Because the scripture declares in 3 John 2 that his will is that we be in health and we prosper in all things. In all things. We know that the price that Jesus paid was too high and the stripes on his back provided healing for the entire world. So sickness and COVID and challenges are not God's plan. So when the scripture tells us, when it talks about the testing of our faith, Here's what it's saying, that in the midst of challenges, in the midst of trials, there is an opportunity for you to exercise your faith muscle, for you to get stronger. And I don't know about you, but when there's strength, there's opportunity, there's more ability to do something greater. And so it tells us that we should count it all joy, that we should come with a heart full of joy and celebration, not because of the challenge, but because we can do something with God in that moment. And so listen. This past year was an up year. And I know for some people, the mindset is, how could you say that? Hmm. Listen, many people have missed it. Because we didn't take the opportunity to exercise faith. We didn't take the opportunity to exercise faith. Now, that's not a put down. It's a moment of truth. It's a moment of revelation. And if you find yourself in the midst of struggle right now and you feel down, can I, can I, can I tell you that right now you have a moment with God? That you realize that faith is, get, is, is your opportunity to exercise it and to grow with God and to see something better. And that no matter where you are right now, there is an open door to you. There is a way out. God is imploring you. He's reaching out to you. He's telling you, you're not done. Walk with me. Let me show you some greater things. The truth is that it is time to do something different. The Bible records a historic battle in the book of Joshua, chapter 10, for the people of Israel under the leadership of this man whose name was Joshua. At the onset of this battle, uh, Joshua and the people of Israel had blazed a trail of victory as the known world bore witness to the destruction of the walls of Jericho. The world was, the, the known world in that day, the empires, the nations were all aware that God had split the Red Sea for them. And so these people were aware that God was with the people of Israel. And they, 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 they knew the history of victory that these people had. And so uh, as a result, the nations around them, the scripture says, they trembled in fear. They cowered. They were afraid. And so much was their fear that one nation, a nation named Gibeon, brought themselves willingly by trickery, you can study that on your own time, into subjection to the Israelites while other nations began to band together in an effort to mount a fierce front of opposition in battle against Israel. And so as these nations banded together, their plan of attack began by committing, by, by coming against the nation of Gibeon as a means to draw out Israel and ambush them. 
So let's turn to Joshua chapter 10, starting at verse 5. It says, Then the five kings of the Amorites, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon joined forces. So there's a massive army that has uh, gotten together. They moved up with all their troops and they took up positions against Gibeon and they attacked it. And the Gibeonites then sent word to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal. Do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us. Help us because all the Amorite kings from the hill country have joined forces against us. And so Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all the best fighting men. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. The Lord said to Joshua, I'm sorry, the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. After an all-night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. So God's fighting on their behalf. So Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. Israel pursued them along the road going up to Beth Haran and cut them down all the way from Azekah to Makedon. As they fled before Israel on the road down from Beth Haran to Azekah, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them. And more of them died from the hail than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, "Son, stand still over Gibeon and you moon over the valley of Ajalon." So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies, as it is written in the book of Jashar. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since. Now, I just got to clarify something to you. Before or since this writing, today, God hears you. The scripture says you can come boldly into his throne. The scripture says that you ask and you shall receive. You knock and the door shall be open to you. You seek and you shall find. And so it says, there has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. And so look, Joshua and the people of Israel were surely outnumbered. This was a bad situation if you looked at it just at the surface level. And in this moment, Joshua could have called for a retreat. But he knew and believed something that the enemy didn't. He knew God. And he believed what God had told him at his word. And so as a result, when he looked up to the sky and he saw the sun beginning to set, here's what Joshua realized. Our enemies are going to escape. We've killed a, a great many of them, but there are still some on the run. The battle's not done. And so in that moment, Joshua did not see a problem. Instead, what he saw was a door of opportunity for God's word to come through. And therefore, what did he do? Not only did he speak in faith for the sun to stand still, he then took steps in faith that brought about a great victory. 
Now, here's, here's the reality, that you can do the same in the face of great challenges. But you must see the upside and downtimes in order to get up, to get going, and to succeed. And so, for the next couple of moments that I have here, I want to give you just three simple points that I believe are monumental for you. You cannot afford to just simply hear these. You cannot afford to just simply hear these. You have to dig into this. You have to lean in and listen for the voice of God. You need to press in and seek God's face as to what he's saying specifically to you. The first point that I want to leave you with here is that you must look up so you can get up. You must look up so you can get up. Let me tell you specifically what I'm talking about. Oftentimes, in the face of downtimes, we not only see the trial and feel down about it, we, see, we also have the tendency to see ourselves down. I want you to consider that. For some of us, we internalize the challenges. We've internalized 2020 to such an extent that we don't just believe that there's been a challenging year behind us. We believe that we ourselves are down. There's something that you are taking on as a part of your identity that is untrue. Listen, if the scripture declares, and it does declare, that because the Lord is for you, who can be against you, Explain to me how you can be down when you have a God who's always up. You get where I'm coming from? I mean, we got to really think about this critically. What we end up doing is we devalue and we diminish our identity in Christ as we internalize the pressure of what is occurring around us. It kind of sounds like this. I'm going through financial hardship, so I'm poor. I'm going through a divorce, so I'm alone. People have let me down. I must not be valuable. We're in the middle of a pandemic. I must be afraid. I am sick. And there's a reason why the scriptures tell us that we are to guard our hearts above all else, is what the scripture says. Because if you do not guard your heart, your heart it's not talking about your physical heart, although we would be wise to guard that too, to take care of that. But literally what the scripture is saying is that you must guard the gateway to the place of belief in your, in, in your life. Because if we simply respond according to circumstances, we will begin to believe that we are victims to them. Hmm. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. And then we're going to skip over to verses 16 through 18. It says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. Watch this. You have a treasure within you, but watch why. To show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. See the opportunity? You see what you got in the midst of challenges? So watch what he says. He says, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Hmm. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. 
struck down, but not destroyed. Listen to what he says here. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus. What is he saying there? He's saying, because Jesus died, because this is part of what has brought us to this point. You're going to see the point in a second. He says, because Jesus has died, he says this. He says, we, so we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus. Watch this. So that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Because Jesus died and rose again. You died and you also have risen again. You are not down. You are not out. So watch this, verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. We do not lose belief. We do not forsake our faith. We do not neglect the treasure of God that is in us, the power of God, this all-surpassing power that is from God and not from us. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Most people will go here. You see, outwardly we are wasting away. There are things happening. Do you not realize that you are a new creation and your life flows out of that place? If all you do is focus on the circumstances around you, you'll never appreciate the power of God at work within you. And so he says, for our light, let me go back because I need to read this. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory. Listen closely, that far outweighs them all. Here we are giving credence to the weight of circumstances that are light and light of the glory of God of, that's available to us. What's meatier? What's weightier? What's more valuable? What's true? It's this all-surpassing power of God at work in you. And so he says this, and so we fix our eyes not on what is seen. If I were to ask you this morning, what's the word that comes up for you that describes 2020 for you? I want you to consider this. I want you to consider this. Does your answer indicate that you're looking up and trusting in the unseen, or does it indicate that you are looking down and trusting in what's seen? You got to think about that. You got to think about that, right? Listen, this is good news. This is good news. We need to hear this, right? And so he says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary. You know, we live in a day and age where we have so many different portals of information and they're all pumping out to us. It's the end of the world. We're never going to get through this. We got to shut down the whole country. Temporary. 
It's temporary. It's temporary. Listen closely. It's temporary. Whose report will you believe? Whose report will you live by? He says, but what is unseen, listen closely, is eternal. Can I just put it to you this way? Can I just translate this to you in, in, in layman's terms? Here's what Paul's saying here by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. You can trust God more than the circumstances that you see. There's more to gain from looking to God and what he declares than looking to men and what they are pumping out to you. So I got a question for you. Where's your heart? Don't answer that. Don't answer that for me. Answer that for you. Where's your heart? There's a lot that we can learn from Paul's example in these verses. Look, he does not deny the hardships in his life. We're pressed. We're perplexed. Right? All these things are happening. So he doesn't deny the hardships in his life but he does deny their power to impact him and define him. We got to consider what we learn there. Which leads me to this statement. What happened to you did not happen to you. What happened to you happened. I'm going to say that again. What happened to you did not happen to you. What happened to you happened. Listen to what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about who you are in Christ and the treasure, the power that is this all-surpassing power that is available and at work within you. I'm talking about the life of God. I'm talking about the promises of God. I'm talking about your new nature. I'm talking about your gifting and your calling. I'm talking about your purpose in life. I'm talking about your destiny. I'm talking about the legacy that you will leave. Listen closely. Whatever has happened in 2020 did not happen to you. It happened. It cannot change the God at work within you. It cannot. Come on now. We need to celebrate the goodness of God. We got to really lift our eyes up. You are not down. You cannot allow what happened in 2020 to define you. To define you. You are not high risk. You are highly favored. Listen. You are not, you are not alone. You are in Christ. You are not without, valuable, without value. You are invaluable. You are not poor. You are rich with the blessing of God. You are a son and daughter of God. Man, I'm telling you, if, I, if, if where I, what I'm doing right now didn't call me to, for me to be so proper, I'd be doing some backflips and a shimmy. I just kind of want to just bust out. But let me, let me get it back together. You know, you have to be like an eagle. When storms rage, you know what eagles don't do? Eagles don't go find a tree to perch in. They don't find a cave to go to. You know what eagles do? Eagles go above the clouds, 
above the storms and they soar. Now, let me tell you why they do that. Because that's what eagles do. Let me tell you what I mean. That's their design. That's what they were created for. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Your design, your nature, the call upon your life, the anointing that you have from God, the purposes that God has for you, call you to rise above the storms every single moment, every single time. Man, man, come on now. The next thing I want to leave you with here is this. That when the past becomes the present, you lose the future. When the past becomes the present, you lose the future. Listen, right before this battle, when shortly after the great victory that Joshua and the people of Israel had in Jericho, uh, right before that point, they suffered a loss at the hands of a very small nation of people named Ai. They were so small that after having this great victory, right, they, they, um, after this great victory, they show up to Ai, after, after having this win in Jericho, they get there and they go, just send 3,000 men. We don't need to send a whole bunch of people. We could take care. That, 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 that's small potatoes. They get there and they get their tails whooped. Now, there were some other factors at play there as well. But what I want you to get is this. Here's the point that I'm trying to make. That when they began to approach this battle against these five kings... And this great opposition that was ahead of them. That loss did not factor at all into their approach for what was ahead of them. They weren't licking their wounds and going, oh man, we took a beating back there. Maybe we're going to fail again. See, you cannot let your past defeats impact your present approach to the future that lays ahead of you. You cannot let your past defeats impact your present approach to the future that lays ahead of you. Anybody ever been in that position where you lost your job and you didn't know what you were going to do, right? And you you looked at the future and go, oh my God, everything's just going to crumble. And now you look back and you go, man, I'm still standing. Listen closely to what I want you to consider. We were created to live forward and to live with hope. The hope of God. And as long as we're looking backwards, guess what happens? That becomes your present situation. And you will never move forwards. Listen to Philippians chapter 3 verses 12 through 14. It says, not that I have already obtained all this or have arrived at my goal, But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Notice what Paul says. I haven't arrived at my goal, nor have have I taken a hold of it, right? So he's talking about the present. Everything's not in place in the present. 
Then he goes on to say this. But I press on to take a hold of that for which Christ Jesus took a hold of me. Watch this. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken a hold of it. Again, the present isn't all clear. Watch this. But one thing I do, forgetting what's behind, forgetting what's behind, and straining towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. In other words, the present circumstances weren't complete and resolved. And the past is past. The only thing then to look to is the hope that lies in the future and to press towards it with diligence. You cannot live backwards. I like the way John F. Kennedy once put it. He said, those who only look to the past or the present are most certain to miss the future. So instead of wallowing on the past and moaning about the present, look up, look ahead with the promise of God's word to you and move towards it with resolve. But listen, diligence as well. You know, it takes something. It takes strength, it takes diligence, it takes resolve, it takes commitment to see past the seen circumstances, to believe past the challenges. You know what it takes? Faith. And guess what? You have it. Have you ever thought about that? You have it. You have faith in God. You believe in an unseen God. So much so that you seek him, you talk to him, you, you, you read his word, you're pressing into him, you surround yourself with people of faith. And so if we have that level of faith that it begins to dictate and change how we approach life, why can't we see that same change take, be at work in our lives in every other area? You serve an unseen God who is present. The last point I want to leave you with here is this. It's that faith in God is the only response that will lift you up in down times. Faith in God. It's the only response that will lift you up in down times. You know, Joshua could have easily given up on completing what God had called him and the armies of Israel to do that day. I mean, after all, it was getting dark and their enemies were becoming more and more hard to find. But instead, we see that Joshua's faith in God determined his response to the challenge before him. Joshua didn't see a big problem. Joshua saw a big opportunity for his big God. Let me remind you of something child of God. Let me remind you of something, you who are tuning in. Let me remind you of something, you who, who don't believe in God. God is bigger than your thoughts. He's bigger than your circumstances. There's a reason why right now there is a witness within you that is drawing you to look to God. And what I want you to consider is that your God is bigger and therefore your opportunity is bigger to overcome day by day. Listen to Isaiah 40, 31 as we stand and we close here. 
It says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Hello? I pray you're listening. I pray you're getting the gist of what God is saying to you. He says, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is a great example for us as to what faith should look like in downtimes. The word wait there simply means to expect and look eagerly with great hope, with great expectation. But when it talks about being renewed, listen to what it's saying in the original language. It's talking about you being, uh, you have hope and being renewed to the extent that you can pass through, you can pass on quickly. Listen, you can step over the circumstance. This past week, I had a meeting with a, a friend and we were talking and he was sharing with me some, some things about where he'd been in 2020, what he'd gone through. And you know, I don't dismiss the challenges. Look, it's been a different year. It's been a year of a lot of unknowns. It's been a year that's posed challenges. It's been a year where we ourselves have gone through some things. But in the midst of that, as we were talking about it, I said to this friend of mine, bro, yes, you went through that. But I want you to think about something. The reason why you're still standing up. Why you're still standing up. And see, you have reason to rejoice. You have reason to look forward and live forward with a confident expectation in God. Why? Because your design calls for you to be on eagle's wings to run and not grow weary, to walk and not faint. Listen, you are not down, you are not out. As we close, I'd like to encourage you to note the power of faith in God that was at work in Joshua's life and is available to you. Joshua left the comfortable. Could have just stayed there. Everybody knows about our God, but Joshua left the, com the comfortable to pursue that which was compelling. What do I mean by that? He dared to explore the possible with God while defying the reason of men. Let me tell you something else about Joshua. Joshua rejected being a victim of his circumstances. I'm going to say that again. Joshua rejected being a victim of his circumstances. You are not a victim. You are a victor. And you live victoriously in a triumphal procession as you continue to follow Christ because he's always walking ahead of you. And if you're worried about what's behind you, his word assures you and me that surely his goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. And so like that song says, it might look like you're surrounded, but your enemies are surrounded by God. You're in good company. You're not done and you're not out. The last thing, I want us to note about Joshua's uh, experiences that Joshua relinquished the past in order to create a new future. Joshua let go of the past 
in order to see the new things that God had for him. My friends, I want you to consider something. 2020 was an up year for you. It was an up year. There's an upside. You're not done. You're still standing for a reason. And right now, at this pivotal moment, at this transition period between 2020 and 2021, matter of fact, let's just take the years out of it. From where you've been and what you've seen and what you've experienced and what lies ahead that you don't see and you don't know, here's the pivotal point, the pivotal moment that you and I have an opportunity to trust God and to soar through the most difficult circumstances that life may throw at you. Look to God. Embrace His strength. Exercise your faith in the face of down times. And keep your eyes on the prize ahead as you continue to live forward, to trust God and to rise above challenges. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for God. <laughs> Father, to, this morning, we just want to take this moment to worship you. In a day and age where we're encouraged and we're even looked down upon for daring to look at life with hope, Lord, we take this precious and holy moment with you to appreciate your presence. You have been faithful. Because you are faithful. Because faithful is your very nature. And Lord, we say thank you to you. We say thank you for your strength. Thank you for the hope that you have given us in Christ. Thank you that you continue to provide. Thank you, O oh Lord, that what lies ahead of us is greater things as we continue to walk with you. Thank you, Lord, for help. Thank you, Lord, for strength. Thank you, Lord, for peace. Thank you, Lord, for hope. Thank you, Lord, for promise. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, that we're still standing. God, it's all because of you. And so we honor you this moment. And at this very moment, we make the conscious decision to look up. To look up. But not just look up, to get up. We step into what's ahead with confidence in you. We expect the best because you are the best, God. Because all good things come from you, Lord. Because you do not withhold from your people your goodness, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Now, it's very possible that there's someone here today, maybe you're joining us online. And yes, you've been through some challenges. Yes, maybe you're in, even in the midst of some present situations and circumstances that are just pressing upon you. They're perplexing you. You feel like you're down, you feel like you're out, you, you, you just want to give up. And today what I want you to consider is this, that you have hope. You have light. 
not just at the end of the tunnel, but present there with you. It's the hope of Christ. And today you find yourself looking beyond your circumstances and acknowledging God and realizing that you're still standing. And there's a testament, a witness in you that draws you to look to God right now. My friend, if that's you and you believe that and you find yourself turning to God right now, then I want you to consider this simple truth that gives you hope, not just for now, but gives you hope for the future. Not only gives you healing now, but gives you healing for your future. Not only changes your present circumstances, but provides you a certain future that is full of hope and goodness. If that's where you are, you need to know this, that Jesus came in the form of a man. God came in the form of a man. He saw our deficiency. He saw what we were lacking. It's called sin. And he says they can't change it. They can't pay the price for it. They can't do anything about it. And so I'll come and I'll do it for them. That's why Jesus died, to pay the penalty for sin. But he didn't just die. The scriptures reveal that he rose again. He proved that he's God. But he also proved that all mankind can rise too. And today, my friend, you can rise. You can rise. And so today, take a hold of God. Pray this with us as we pray this with you. Say, Jesus, I believe. You are my hope. You are my confidence. You are my God. Today, I declare you are my Lord. You are my Savior. And I trust in you. I declare that from this day forward, I'm looking forward. The past is the past. The present is yours. And better things are to come. And so today, I rejoice in a new life, in a new hope with you. Come on, if you prayed that, we're celebrating the power of God working in your life. We're looking ahead with confidence towards all that God has for you. Father, we thank you for all you've done and for Jesus Christ and your word. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. We will see you again next weekend. Thank you for worshiping with us. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us, and I can't wait to connect with you next week.